Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Proudly family owned and operated since 1989. Statetransport.com.au The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop sitting in for Sam Edmund this morning. Uh, just a reminder, Dwayne's World coming up 12 to 3. He is in Adelaide. And if you want those chance, if you're just joining us, uh, Maccas and SEN have combined to buy the last 500 tickets uh, to tonight's game for Richmond v Sydney at Adelaide Oval. So all nine games in the gather round now sell, sold out. If you want to get a ticket, if you're in Adelaide, you've got to get down to uh, Lumo, uh, Studio Lumo, sorry, 1 King William Street, Adelaide. That's where Dwayne Russell will be broadcasting from this afternoon. So he'll have plenty of tickets to give away. We're just going to get away from AFL at the moment, turn our attention to the World Games. It's been a big week, particularly for the Matildas. Uh, Andy Harper, 10 football expert, as always, has been good enough to join us this morning. Morning, Harps. Hi, Jules. How are you? Very well. Uh, Matildas, a great result against England uh, over in England uh, during the week. Was that one of the more complete performances we've seen under Tony Gustafsson? Uh, it was their best performance. Um, hey, the, the, the complete is a, it's a difficult one to describe like that, Jules, because there's different games they've played well with a different approach. Uh, their first half against Spain uh, just a few months ago was yep. the most exciting football I've seen from the Matildas. It was just exhilarating. Um, uh, the game against Sweden, where they beat the Swedes 4-0, was a different type again <clears throat> but this as a 90 minute exercise in in sinking your teeth into your opponents and like a Staffordshire Bull Terrier just not letting go for 90 minutes was um, has delivered the best result uh, of the entire process till now it was really really good what does that result mean with a world cup less than 100 days to go does it inspire confidence in in you that uh, this team is now moving in the right direction under Tony Gustafsson when, when there was some, some doubts not that long ago? Uh, well, <clears throat> there's, there's always been belief, um, even from me, and I've, I've, I have um, expressed concern from time to time, at, uh, and there are still concerns that I have. Um, but I've, un, uh, I've been unerring in my belief that this team can do something. Uh, at the World Cup, and that result against England um, and the context in which it was played, and, and uh, it, it shouldn't be lost on anyone. I mean, to beat this England team mm. on this run of form, away from home, in England's backyard, that is, is a, is a Herculean achievement, right? So who doesn't take confidence out of that? Um, I certainly do. <clears throat> I didn't expect, um, apart from a jingoistic streak in me, that... <laughs> That, that believed the Matildas could get a result that night, which I declared publicly. But I actually, I, I, I thought probably England would be too good. Uh, and for Australia to get through required this 95-minute uh, exercise in, in complete unity and determination. Now, you take that to a World Cup, and if you're playing against teams like England, Germany, the US, um, maybe France, depending on how they recover from their internal squabble, so to Spain and so to Canada. Um, that's just to list a few. 
Um, you have to be able, I would imagine, to roll that type of 95-minute performance out through three, possibly four mm. knockout matches. Um, but all the good teams are in that situation. It's your ability to cope, uh, not just on the day. Of course, anyone can beat anyone on their day, particularly at that level of the women's game. But to do it repeatedly um, in the run into the final is going to be the big question. Um, <clears throat> but I believe they can do it. It, it is, uh, and this is my frustration uh, with the whole exercise till now, um, we haven't really invested much of the last two and a half years in finding a way to do it without Sam Kerr. Mm. Um, now, I, I just say that with a little asterisk because I'm also starting to get irritated about the single-lane analysis of this team mm. um, because Sam Kerr scored the first goal um, and that's the storyline. Nothing about yep. the beautiful pass from Claire Hunt to put her in. And the, and, the, and the irony is when Charlie Grant scored her first goal for the Matildas against England away from home, a brilliant header, brave, athletic, yep. uh, all the focus was on Sam Kerr's cross. And th this is, um, this is a, a highlighting the fact that we just haven't invested enough for the last two and a half years to see if someone can play a different sort of game from Sam, but if she's injured, someone's going to have to play there. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, I guess that people that don't follow the Matildas that closely, everyone in Australia knows who Sam Kerr is. So it, it is an easy analysis, I get. I mean, if, if, if she's not there for a game or two, and hopefully that's not the case, whether it's through injury or suspension during the World Cup, have we got enough up front to be able to cover? Well, we haven't asked the question properly. Mm. This is my point, Jules, and I'm not trying to rain. I'm not at all. If anyone's thinking raining on Sam Kerr, my God, she's a national treasure. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but the game has to, and Australia have to play a certain way to get the best out of Sam, and that helped the other night against England when we could play um, very quickly on the counter attack and hit balls into space. Where just Sam, it's her, it's her hunting territory. She just, she's just unbelievable. Um, in games like the Asian Cup, where Australia Australia dominate territory and possession, uh, and other teams are dropped deep in defence against us, we found it a lot less um, straightforward. And Sam was part of not finding that solution as well. So there's a we we operate best with Sam in the team. Obviously, we operate best with Sam in the team playing a certain way, and that came through um, on 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 Wednesday morning our time. But over the last two and a half years, uh, and Coach Gustafsson has reeled off a number of names that he's played at number nine, uh, that is the centre-forward position, but I, you, you couldn't hand on heart say that any of those options have been given multiple opportunities to show that if Sam's injured, you're the answer. And we know that this is a fact because um, Sam Kerr has played more games in this Gustafsson era than any other player. So by, by, by that simple fact, just shows that, that, that those other options haven't been given a chance to take root. Um, and even even if it's very obvious that <laughs> they're not going to be able to do the job that Sam does, the driving point that we have to answer is, what if Sam's not there? Mm. What if she's not there? At the moment, the other question we've got to ask is, what if Caitlin's not there? Caitlin Ford, who's form in the last seven games up until the, these two matches has singularly turned the national team around. So to Andy Harper, 10 football experts. So, but there's not many other chances to try it before the World Cup. Well, there's, so, one. 
Yeah, but done the, now. The, yeah, that's it, now. isn't it? So we don't play any more matches. Hail Mary time, mate. Yeah. Hail Mary time. You know, and Sam doesn't play the first game and everyone gets nervous. We all do. She comes off in the second game and she refers to you know, some problematic knee situations. I'm not sure if that was just an off-the-cuff comment or she is starting to, to, to feel the wear and tear of the amount of games she plays. But um, it, we're in Hail Mary, Hail Mary territory on that issue. Um, um as I look at Charlie Grant, I'm just so excited about Charlie Grant. And indeed, all the girls who've broken through in this cycle have come out of the A-League women fresh. And it just goes to show what a great competition that is locally, despite people wanting to hang dirt on it more often than it, 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 they should. Um, but after, in the same vein, the question which hangs now is how many games do we honestly think Charlie Grant would have played if Ellie Carpenter hadn't blown her knee out? Mm. And, and this was forced upon the football team and the coach. And when you're forced into that situation, they found an, a complete diamond in Charlie Grant, who's grown beautifully. And I'm, I'm a, I'm, and my purview at the moment, Jules, is the only player that this, 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 this cycle has actually grabbed and developed is Kyra Cooney-Cross, who just looks like a world-beater at the moment. But I, all, all these other stats about giving 45 people caps, and all, it's all rubbish, mate. It's all rubbish. Um, <clears throat> and this has been my irritation with the team and, and what's happened and not happened with it. But as we speak, they're in a very, very good place. Uh, and if they get through to the World Cup and don't have to deal with major injuries, they can, they can really believe in their ability to do something. We were talking about this on the run home yesterday with Andy Marr and Andrew Gaze, and it's putting the cart well before the horse. But if, if the Matildas won the World Cup, mm. where would it rate in terms of all-time Australian oh. sporting achievements? Well, jeez. Um, the two that it, came it, up really quickly were the America's Cup and, mm. and in, in terms of a moment, uh, Kathy Freeman, Sydney 2000. Well, I think I think you know, these. How do you challenge golden moments in our history? Mm. And but when you do that, of course, you run the risk of offending the people who are involved in delivering these great moments. So, having acknowledged the greatness of Kathy Freeman's run and what the I mean, who watched sailing until Bob Hawke called every Australian boss a bum if they sacked their workers for not turning up? I mean. Sailing, <clears throat> on a national scale, sailing was an irrelevance, particularly the America's Cup, until this thing happened. Until the so, got done. So, yep. Yeah, it, it sort of came and went, and it was a brilliant moment. But it's in in a systemic sense, in 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 a movement that affects the most number of people, um, the Cathy Freeman moment, for all the cultural importance of it, um, is going to be hard to topple. But as a singular achievement, if the if the Matildas can win the World Cup, it'll be the most notable team sports performance in our history. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think you're probably right, and I think the boys sort of thought that as well yesterday, given it is a World Cup of the uh, the most popular sport uh, in the world. Uh, speaking about uh, the world game overseas, um, how's Chelsea going, Harps? Spent a billion bucks across both windows, <laughs> no, 540 mate. million in January. They're not going to be playing any <laughs> European football next year unless they no. miraculously turn over a 2 0 first league, league defeat to Real Madrid and go on to win the Champions League. What is mm. going on at that? They've gone through three managers. They're in a $636 yeah. million dollar black hole. Yeah, well, well they've, they've all got these black holes. Um, 
and these vanity projects, and I hate to reduce mm-hmm. it to this, and, and they're crocodile tears, you know, because the amount of money that, that hedge funds and mega wealthy individuals and nation states are pouring into these football clubs. Um, um, and to say, it's disrespectful to say it's a vanity project, but, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm running out of words to describe the level of disconnection, Jules, I feel as a football fan from what's happening in that part of our game. Mm. Um, I, I just, it, it, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Um, and, you know, the, the American owners came in full of bluff and bluster and, you know, how hard can this game be? I mean, it's a really difficult game to master. The off-field mechanics of it, working in the transfer market, getting a, um, coaches in who have no time, really, to establish themselves um, before they're flicked, and 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 these these organisations, whether they're individuals or hedge fund companies or nation states, are just not in the habit of hanging around, um, and so they just keep moving. But the point is, what damage are they causing? Uh, if they decide to shoot through altogether. Mm. And and the thing that makes me feel so disconnected from this level of, of football at the moment is that is the opportunism of it all, that these these clubs have been in communities for 130 years. Um, and And these groups, these businesses, these nation states have had zero to do, zero to do with the previous 125 years or whatever it is of the community building this asset and connecting the team and the colours and the badge to its fans and writing those uh, emotions and, and, and do it providing that service. And then in the last couple of decades, as this, as this opportunistic money has just washed in, as opportunistically as these people have come, like a plague of locusts, they will also shoot through when they feel like it's time. And what are we going to be left with? Mm. Yeah, that, that is the concern. Uh, well, Harps, on a local level, uh, W League finals this weekend. Big game between Central Coast and Melbourne City. Just before I let you go quickly, it's a strange old season when uh, the bottom team, Melbourne Victory, are just four points off the sixth-place team and still technically could play finals. Of course they could. Nine points to play for, all playing each other. I mean, it's the most fascinating run-in. Um, and it's a, it's a great... They're running great parallels, the women and the men, this weekend. There's a lot of fascination... Sydney with the chance, Sydney FC and the women's to cons- at least help consolidate APL's decision to centralise the grand final or to centralise, just base it in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of nervousness watching yes. that game, right? Because it's an all Melbourne other semi final. Sydney don't prevail, then it's going to be a Melbourne, two Melbourne teams in the women's grand final running. So there's all that discussion, right? All that discussion, plus the excitement with what that the girls have done via the Matildas and Courtney Vines return to the semi-finals. We don't know how injured or not she is. She came off with a crook calf in the Matildas match. So, so that's all fermenting beautifully for the women's game. And then this, well, I have to think it's an unprecedented, mm. uh, certainly in the A-League experience. You tell me if it's happening in the other codes, but I, I can't see it. No, where I don't think so. Teams 1-12 to 12 are this close, three games from the finals. It's completely unprecedented and, and should be getting... Actually, a lot more media coverage than people want to give it, but there you go. That's where we're at at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be a great run in uh, to the finals. Harps, as always, thanks so much for your time this morning. Enjoy your weekend of football. Thanks, Jules. Good on you. Bye. Andy Harper, 10 football expert. Melbourne's weather, mostly sunny, top of 23 for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and inner suburbs. After the break, we're going to talk some racing with Miles Fitzner.